Welcome to the You Can Be Unstoppable podcast. My name is Ewelina Szczeplewska, your host and certified hypnotherapist. In this podcast, I will share with you how to tap into the power of your subconscious mind. I intend to share with you how learning how to use the power of your subconscious mind can help you to create a successful and abundant life with ease, how to connect with yourself while fostering a healthy relationship with your body and mind. Tapping into the power of the subconscious mind will help you to learn how to manage your emotions, become more resilient and present in all of your relationships. Self-love and self-worth are the keys to the kingdom of success and abundance, to happy and healthy life on your terms. Hello everyone and today's guest is wonderful Esther Rappaport and she's a productivity coach which I'm sure all of you listeners will enjoy what she's got to say. Oh thank so. you so much for having me Eileen. I'm like super excited to be here and yeah I've just been really looking forward to this conversation. Thank you for being here. I'm just going to go straight with the top question that I've got for you. We all have set of beliefs and stories that we carry on from early on in our years and things that we've picked up along the way. And I'm curious from your perspective as a, as a productivity coach, how those beliefs and stories impact on our confidence and ultimately, that will lead into our productivity because you know how we see ourselves really impacts so many different aspects of our lives. So I'm just curious from your perspective, what is the connection between the two? Oh my gosh, I love that question so much, especially because just yesterday I wrote an email like to send out to my list about the biggest thing that doing this work has done for me was improve my confidence. So mm. <laughs> let me just like backtrack a little bit. So m- most productivity coaches, what they do is they like, they give you productivity tips and then like you become more productive. Now the problem is they're giving tips that work for their brain and they don't especially work for yours. And there's like something deeper, like it's just a band aid. They're like, okay, so now instead of planning your day this way, plan your day that way. I instead, I don't give you like any tips of how to like be productive. Instead, what I'm doing is I'm getting to the core of how your brain actually thinks Mm. the cognitive functions, we call them, and then it affects your productivity. So improving my cognitive functions has improved my confidence. Now back to your questions, what does it have to do with confidence with the beliefs and stuff? Your cognitive functions, depending how strong they are, right? These thinking skills that are going on Mm. in your brain affects your confidence in your life. Because if you are always, if you have weak cognitive functions and you're always feeling frustrated and I can't do this and think because you actually can't not because you're stupid but because your cognitive functions are weak but as you improve your cognitive functions all of a sudden you see that you could do more things and what happens your confidence goes up and you get to even more things Mm, yeah I like that and I like what you said because it's actually approaching the things from the core level at where actually makes the difference 
Exactly. Yeah, you said it really well. Yeah, um, because it's the same, uh, you know, from my perspective. So I'm a hypnotherapist and NLP master practitioner. So I work with the unconscious mind. I go to the root cause of stuff. I do not work with superficial presenting symptoms because for the most part that's what they are I'm actually going to the core of the problem and then we can talk about what is that you want yeah exactly so I like what you said because this is exactly the same principle behind the scenes right you're going to the core of what is going to make the difference yeah yeah I always say that everything comes from one of two like any issue you have comes from one of two places either the cognitive like what I work on or the emotional what you work on so Mm -hmm. There we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Love it. <laughs> so, but then working from, you know, cognitive level from your perspective, how do you think then that leads into our emotional resilience? Because I think building this up, it's a process. It doesn't just happen overnight because you do have to deal with your past wounds and all those emotions that you stuffed so down deep that you probably even forgot that you've got them in order to build the emotional resilience but how do you think specifically in what terms is emotional resilience helping us in navigating life yes so I always like to say that the cognitive and the emotional like are intertwined so when one of them when one of them is strong it affects the other one and one of them is weak it affects the other one right so Mm -hmm. um when you could build emotional resilience by one of two ways or even better yet by both ways so one way mm-hmm. is by working through the emotions on um, what's like from the emotional standpoint and one is from the cognitive standpoint of how I'm actually going to do it right people like to call like the emotional standpoint mindset just to make it easier it's a lot more than mindset but just like for a single like a, a simple word to be able to like so-called group them together we're just like call it mindset like how you um, view the thing and if you're able to do it and what's your like beliefs about it right mm-hmm. like what's your old stories about it or your new stories all that will fall under mindset and the other thing would be like the actual strategy to be able to have that emotional resilience like okay I could believe that I have emotional resilience I can make up these stories but what am I actually going to do now to make sure so that's from the cognitive standpoint so you could improve one of them your emotional resilience go up you improve both of them and it like skyrockets I find it really interesting how we as humans are so different and so the same at the same time. Yeah. And it's understanding ourselves and what you said at the very beginning, understanding ourselves at the core, what is going to work for me. And I'm doing similar things with my clients as you do because I assess them in you know NLP called a meta modeling that I need to know where you are coming from because my idea and model of reality may be a very different to yours and what I think is working for me not necessarily is going to work for you so imposing my um solutions is not necessarily going to work for you it's actually going to do more damage because I'm going to further impose or reaffirm the idea the story that you may have that you can't change or things don't work for you so I love what you said that you know it's actually identify who we are at the core level and then okay what is the best solution for me 
Exactly. Like people always let's say come and tell me like how do I improve communication or how do I like be productive or I'm like okay you have this issue let's say of communication but let's go deeper than that. Why mm-hmm. are you having problems of miscommunication? Because you might have something else going on inside of you that's causing miscommunication than me or you or not like a third person, right? So I always want to like get super clear. Okay, what's underneath that? Why are you having miscommunication? Is it because you don't know what you want? Is it because people aren't understanding you? Is it because you can't express yourself? Or is it because like you feel like you're saying it a hundred times and there's not and then you could usually go like another two or three levels deeper mm-hmm. and then understand the actual core of what's actually going on there. Yeah, and that's a beautifully said because with communication as well, I find people say like, oh, this person doesn't listen to me, but they do not actually communicate clearly enough. Exactly. They <laughs> don't know what is that they want or they're not actually presenting in a way that the other person can understand or the other person doesn't listen. It doesn't hear them because they filter it through, through their idea of reality. Exactly. And not see their perspective. Yes. I always say that when you have a miscommunication, it's either because the person talking has a cognitive deficiency, that means one of their cognitive functions are weak, or because of the other one, the person listening has one, or because of both, right? Mm-hmm. So if you are, let's say, saying, put this there, then the other person is going to have no clue what you're talking about. And they're going to put it on the wrong shelf. And then later on, you're going to get mad that they put it on the wrong shelf. But you had the cognitive efficiency of not speaking precisely that obviously they didn't understand, right? So when you understand that, it's not because like there's something wrong here. It's because like there's that cognitive function. You have to like improve the way your brain is thinking. So that way you talk correctly and your communication goes way better. Mm, Yeah, I I love this. And talking about productivity and, and confidence to what extent specifically do you think engaging in overthinking and that self-doubt that negative head chatter that so many of us have can impact on the process of improving productivity and confidence because they all seem to be very much linked together you know when we improve our productivity our confidence then goes up as well but when we struggle with self-doubt and that negative head chatter because they all again seems to be going very much together what do you think to to what extent does that negatively get in the way yeah I gets in the way like tons I think um, anyone who experienced self-doubt or um, like not being productive knows exactly that. Now I'm going to go back to what I said before. You're experiencing self-doubt either because you have something emotional going on, some old stories you've been telling yourself, or because you are lacking the strategies, you cognitive functions are weak, that it is making it hard for you to go and do what you want. So your brain is just saying, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, because it doesn't have the strategies to be able mm-hmm. to do this. So again, you want to identify why Mm-hmm. Are you having the self-doubt? What is causing it so that way you could go and change it? And I love what you're saying because it's exactly where as a hypnotherapist, that's where I'm always coming from. It's like going back to basics. What is the underlying reason of what's going on? Because so many of us goes to fix the issue, but what we're fixing is the superficial symptom level. And then we're like maybe change for a month or two or none at all and then we go back revert to where we were and we're like "Mm, it's not working or 
this program is not very good, but did you actually when for the underlying core reason, so to speak, like a Jenga, you know, get the bottom exactly, piece. exactly. I, I can I share a story? Like it's a little bit different, but just to like explain people to this, maybe they'll understand it a bit better. Mm-hmm. Bit yeah, random. So you know that like uh, my dad recently he fell off a bike and he mm. became paralyzed. Um, thank God he's doing much better. But anyways, he has a like a peg. Like he can't eat properly because mm-hmm. of like his situation. So currently he has like a peg. And what do they do? They give him food, right? Like through like tube into his body. Now, what happened was um, he was having tons of cramps and like tons of like gases like in his thing. And then he was constantly in pain and he couldn't sleep. So what do the doctors do? The doctors give medication for the for the gas. And now the gas, then he's, the, so he gets the, the gas, mm-hmm. but then he, he and then he, and medication for sleeping and then he can't sleep then it causes also that you can't like urinate. So you get another medication that you can't urinate. So what's happening? You're saying, okay, um, I'm at, what was my issue? I had gas pain. So I got a medication for gas, but then I can't urinate. So I'm getting a medication for urinate. Instead, what do we do afterwards? We're like, Hey, what's the actual problem here? The actual problem here is the food is causing all these issues. So what do you do? You change the food to healthier food, to food that was like organic. And what happened? Mm. His gas went away. His urination issues went away and his, and his, sleeping issues were like solved a lot better because Mm -hmm. the actual core issue was changed right so that's like a bit more of like a tangible like example for you to like go back and see like why is like everything else that I'm trying is not working and it's just creating another problem and it's not or even if it helps like you said sometimes it just like helps like for like a month or a short time and thing but the actual problem is still there so we're just putting a band-aid on their actual problem yeah yeah and it's exactly it's like putting a plaster and then wondering why are we still where we are why are we still having the problem sometimes it's actually worse because we've just prolonged what we've been we've been struggling in the first place where we could have had it all resolved exactly that's what I love about working at the core level with whatever the issue is not just the presenting symptom but I'm very interested how what happened in your life that you decided to do what you do and become a productivity coach and work with uh, people? Because I think there's quite interesting story behind that. Yes. So when I was in fifth grade, um, like I was going to tons of tutors and stuff and my parents decided like, okay, enough of like the band-aids things, right? And they bought in, um, like moms from Israel, where this method that I do everything based on is called Fordistein. Mm-hmm. And in Israel, it's like super popular. So she knew about it. And she brought in this like Professor Fordistein, his son. He was like too old then to travel, but his son came down and some meteors and I started getting sessions. And I saw like what it did for me. Like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like, like my confidence went up and everything else. Many years of my life, like improved a lot. So it's like, hey, more people need to know about this. So when I was 17, I started getting trained in it. Um, and I started working with all different people, with like different age groups. And then I realized mm-hmm. like, okay, like people like the, what stars, like it makes you more efficient and effective and it helps you become more productive. And basically that's how, that's how I got into where I am. <laughs> So you've been doing this for quite some time then. Yes. So like I had like first the experience of like at the receiving end of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I got to like rewire my own brain, use those strategies, do that. And then I was like, okay, this is just so good. Like more people need to know about it and put that away. Yeah. And I love this because I think so many of us get into those 
professions and things that we do because it worked for us and then we try to bring this to wider people right public exactly because I didn't know what hypnotherapy was even three years ago you know it worked for me and I was like I love it <laughs> I need yeah to exactly what is behind the you know the scene and there's so many scientific research proving scientifically why it works and that's all I need you know it's like yeah. <laughs> so many more people can benefit from what is that we do but kind of taking aside everything that we said and contradict myself slightly if you can distill back to what are the top reasons behind that we struggle with productivity can you distill them to a top things that you see time and time again it's the core root reason behind it or is very different from person to person so there, yeah there is tops right so the reason why someone is not being productive is because they have a cognitive deficiency so which are the cognitive deficiencies affect productivity i mean a lot there are like 28 of them so when you mix okay. them together they create different things so different ones of them have a bigger effect on different things so let's say the ones that i'll tell you right now are more common than let's say ones that have to do with like miscommunication that's going to be right because the, we have we use different ones of them for different things so let me give you some examples for things that are soup that affect like productivity. One of them is called clear perception. When it's strong, it's called clear, or when it's when it's weak, it's called blurred perception. It's like you see everything, you get super overwhelmed, you don't know where to start with. You're just like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Right. Mm. That is a very common cognitive deficiency. Now, if you're struggling with that, what I usually like to tell people the first place to like start overcoming that is to create a starting point. You're like, okay. This is the first thing I'm doing. I'm not worrying about the next 30 steps. I'm going to do just the first thing. So if you need to set a table, the first thing you're putting on is a tablecloth. Like literally, like think of it as like the baby first step of what you have to do. And then like, okay, what's the next one? What's the next one? That way you don't get overwhelmed, right? Sometimes um, the starting point is not like a thing you have to do, but like a place you need to start from. So if you're reading a book, the first page is going to be your starting point. Right. And I love is- this because so many of us focuses on like, like millions minds ahead of us, like the five years down the line, and we forget that we just need to concentrate on the first number one. Exactly. If we do this, then like your brain is going to start like becoming stronger and it will be way easier for you to do like the five years down the line thing. Right. That's one of them. Another um thing that is super common that people struggle with productivity is obviously time. Mm-hmm. that what the brain understanding the concept of time so time is a very abstract concept um and a brain struggles to understand it like especially people with adhd or things like that mm. but it's possible you could train your brain to understand the concept of time right because like what's right now is already in the past yeah Do you, right so some of the things that i like to tell people who struggle with time is first get your brain to understand tasks that you do often how long it actually takes you. So you think a shower takes you 15 minutes and you're going to plan to take a shower 15 minutes before you have to go to your meeting, but it actually takes you 20. So you just need it. And then like, you're wondering why you're always running late and why you can't, right? So for like a week, make yourself crazy. Yeah, it's going to like annoy you for a bit, but it's worth it. Make yourself crazy and write down the things that you do very often and how long it takes you. Obviously, some days your showers are going to take you 12 minutes and some days 17, but the average time. So that way your brain, first of all, 
knows how long to plan for everything, but also begins understanding the concept of time, right? Another thing to help you with time is like put up like big calendars, like of the month, like of what you're doing. So it sees like the big picture, what's happening this month. And also like the little days, like it plans ahead. Okay, so I have seven days until I have this meeting and right, like also again, just to train your brain to understand the concept of time. Um, so time, so um, clear perception time. Another one that is super common that affects productivity <clears throat> is blocking. Blocking mm -hmm. is like when you like feel a wall in your brain and you like, you just like, I can't do this. Like I'm stuck. I want to do this, but like, I can't do this and I'm stuck. Right. So the opposite of blocking is persevering, obviously. And one of the things that helps a lot with blocking is developing that growth mindset of understanding that like, okay, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to fail. It's okay. Like if I don't know what to do, but like, I'm going to push through and I'm going to work this out. So if you find yourself, or even if not, if, and you want to be like a growing person and you want to really learn thing and whatever it is, then develop that growth mindset of understanding that like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's just a learning experience, right? It's like, it's okay if I fail because it's a learning experience and constantly be learning, constantly be developing yourself. And I love this because that goes into um, a concept of growth mindset. You know, we can absolutely change and evolve and we don't have to put up with the way we are because we can absolutely adapt and change. So I love what you said. And and I can see why you say this This is a kind of a common thing. And like we, the, the, first, the first thing that you mentioned, because I can see this often with my clients as well. They concentrate on this bigger picture and that's where the overwhelm comes in rather than it says, okay, what is the very first thing, step or two that I need to concentrate? What is that I need to do today? And then what's the next step and the next step? Because when we think about the 20 steps ahead, that's when it's like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Suddenly this thing becomes huge. It's like this monster that grows. And surprise, surprise, you feel overwhelmed. Exactly. So exactly. I'm absolutely not surprised that this is one of the things that from your uh, practice, this is what you see, because that's I can see as well from other side of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, right. They work so well because like two sides of the same coin. So <laughs> it does and absolutely impacts because then it will absolutely affect your confidence because you do not achieve the thing that you want. You've got this goal that you haven't achieved and or you've got this thing you you went to university or you're looking for a job and it's just not happening for you because you're trying to tackle this too in too big of a junk um chunks um you know parts rather than break it down into smaller bits because that's where the overwhelm disappears so i absolutely love it um and the other two that you mentioned as well i can see why that um is one of the most common so then again taking this and I know we've discussed that everyone's very different but if you could for the listeners come up with two or three top things from your perspective that you see you know time and time again is the most common things that you see you could advise them how to improve their productivity on a daily basis like specific things too yeah like specific things that anything that you can advise for someone that just, that wants just to like start. wants to be productive yeah, yeah, wants to be productive. And I know that, you know, everyone is different, but if you could come up with something that could work for most of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one thing that like made a massive difference to my productivity is actually something that I started doing in high school and I still do today is every single day I plan my day the night before. Mm. Now, 
you might be struggling with this if you have any of the previous cognitive things we spoke about or anything else, right? If you're struggling with time, then when you plan your day, you're going to have a hard time planning. But just start, get yourself into it, start planning, and then notice where you're struggling so you know what to also work on, right? Just because you have a cognitive efficiency doesn't mean that like you should never like never again be doing that until that cognitive efficiency is fixed. Like don't like label yourself and make yourself like disabled and incapable of doing certain things. So um, plan your day um, the night before is super, super helpful. Obviously things change and like you can't always, I actually like to do um, sometimes like let's say midday, like especially like like my day really changed and it wasn't like what I mm. thought it would be. Like I'll just like readjust things and so that way I could actually follow my plan and follow it through. Some people also like to plan their day in the morning. That's okay. Just do it what works for you. So that way, like, again, it's a really big thing. Work with your brain, not against it. So you don't have to say, okay, I'm not planning my day because like, I can never know the night before what I'm going to do the next day. Think about your life. Think about your situation, about your brain. And how are you going to take this type of thing and make it work for your brain? Um, that's the first thing I could say about being productive. Um, another thing that's really good to help with productivity is to add what's called white space in your day. Now this is only works for people who like are getting things done. Meaning if you're ready, if you like wasting your whole day and you're just like sitting on the couch and doing nothing, this is, there's like no point in this because you think, but if you're like actually made your plan and you're getting things done, but you're still like not being as productive as you want to be white space is where you leave blank spaces, either between each task or just like one hour at a certain point during your day where mm -hmm. you don't plan for anything. This gives you to time to a number one, if something goes over time, then you have that white space to go and do it. Or if you finished it, which hopefully the goal is you give yourself your brain a space to relax and to do something fun, something that you like to do, you like to read, you like to hang out with your, like spend time with your kids, like extra, right? Like besides for what you're planning. And it just like gives you time to like recenter and get back to it. So if you're going to do like the hour, I usually recommend doing it like before an important meeting or something. So that way, like you'll come to that important task that you have to do or something on time because you're not running late from the thing before and you've regrounded yourself and you're ready to go into it. Mm, I love them. That really good uh, tips. I think quite a few people can use them. And as you say, make them work for you. So what it is the night before, first thing in the morning and adapt and twist and change that it works actually for you because uh, I like to do it in the morning yeah like there's you know. no right way it's like literally what how you're how it's better for you mm -hmm. yeah uh, it's like the night before just doesn't work for me I like it to do first thing in the morning so it's again it's like I do it just you know adapt it to me so it's like don't take a literally what we just said just adapt it and twist it and that works for you last question so I talk about being unstoppable and this podcast is titled you can be unstoppable what would you say are the top three tips you could give the listeners to embrace that unstoppable version of themselves a bit more every day yes yeah, so number one is take risks okay probably heard it a lot but like people don't actually do it take the risk okay one of two things are gonna happen either it's gonna work out like amazing it worked out worst case it was a learning experience right it comes back to that growth mindset so it like you didn't die right obviously if it's something that like you might actually die like think about it again <laughs> but like in general just go and do it these small things that like make a massive difference go and do it and 
like what's going to happen? Nothing or amazing things like either way. So, so, so don't worry so much. Um, that's number one. Number two, always be learning and try to like fill your ears. Right. Cause not always like, so like I like to tell people or used to tell people like spend time with people who are always learning, but not always could you like be in contact with them or like spend time with them. Cause like your family members are and your friends aren't. So what you could do is the people you listen to the podcast, right? Like you're listening to this podcast, you're learning more things, listen to people, watch things that like, were actually not just like like entertaining it could also be entertaining but especially learning because it will like give you the motivation to like think bigger and and like do more things and experience life more um mm. so that's the second one um the third thing i would say to make yourself unstoppable like to have your like have your mind thinking about unstoppable things is like a bit of a contradiction like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you two things, but like, it empowers you so much is what you want to do is you want to like write down your goals every day, but you want to write down your goals in two different ways. One thing you want to write down your goal for like the big ultimate vision of what you want, like the massive thing that you're like dreaming, like dream big, doesn't cost more to dream bigger, dream massive. But then at the same time, you're like, oh my God, it's never going to happen. So right underneath that big, huge dream that you wrote, write one tiny goal that's going to happen this week, like one tiny goal that's going to happen this week, that's going to help you lead towards that big goal. So you're constantly getting little bits of like dopamine at the same time, you're working to your massive, massive, unstoppable goal. Like when I'm talking about tiny, I'm talking about like we said before, baby steps tiny. So that way, your brain like understands it but you're actually doing something because baby step plus baby step plus baby steps gets you to your massive goal and i love this because i think that's what so many of us get stuck that we don't understand that those teeny tiny steps adds up over time and create a bigger goal and for the most part we didn't find ourselves where we are because there was a massive things for the most part obviously it happens but for the most part because something ha- big happened. It was the teeny tiny steps that we did over time towards what we do not want. And we be, you know, become less and less productive, less and less confident because there were tiny steps every day we were taking or not taking that got us where we are today. And it's those teeny tiny steps that are going to get us that big goal. Yeah, that exactly. we want. Exactly. And it's so yeah. much more easier, so much more tangible and easy on the brain as well. And yes, there are possible massive shifts either way, but that's not the case for most of us. Yeah, usually what I find like um, from ex- personal experience and like from speaking to people, the massive shifts aren't going to happen in like when you just run your everyday life. You get up, you go to work, you come home, right? It's going to happen like when you immerse yourself in an experience. So if you could go to a live event or like meet someone like incredible or something like that, that's when like the massive shift is happening. And you want to like make sure another thing to be unstoppable is to go to these type of things and purposely put yourself in these type of experiences. But you can't do that every day because by the end of the day, it's not practical for everyday life. So have those things at the right time. But doesn't mean that the rest of your life, you just have to be on hold, like continue moving a little bit forward every day. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Because like having this couch life, as I said, <laughs> you know, you go to work and you come back and you just do the same old thing every single day. Well, I am willing to bet not much is going to change 
five years down the line. But when you put yourself out there and as you said, toasters, take those risks, do those events, do those trainings, go out and meet people and surround yourself with growth mindset people, people who can teach you something. That's what is going to make those shifts possible. Exactly, exactly. Love it. And I think this is a perfect uh, way to end the conversation on a high. <laughs> yes, I'm feeling it. Thank you so much. This was so much fun. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having, you know, for being here. And I hope that your dad is going to feel a lot better soon. Oh, thank you. Um, thank you for sharing your story with us. And yeah, see everyone uh, next week. Yes, thank you, Evelina. I have to put that in. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you found value in this podcast, I would like to ask you to leave a positive review explaining how this episode helped you to improve your life. I ask you to do this because this will help other people to improve their lives as well. Share and spread the love all around you. Raise your vibrations to improve your life. If you would like more transformational content like this, connect with me on Instagram. You can find a link in the description of this podcast and I'll see you over in the next episode.